Miami has I have to say it. I'm not going to be the Alabama coach. What, 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 what? How could you not predict at least 10 to 13 wins for next season is all I'm saying. But Jesus again. Jesus Christ, 13 wins. I Listen, you I, know, I said. You want an opportunity to play, and the Jets are giving me an opportunity to play. I just, I'm sorry. I just remember that you compared Gusecki to Kelsey. I'm sorry. I did not. You know what? About it, I am ready to get hurt again. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back on episode four of the Battered Fins Fans podcast. I am the Bearded Fanatic. I hope you love the shirt that I'm rocking for you boys today. That is my co-host, the Battered Jet fan himself, and that he does so graciously join me every week to bring this episode to you. Today, being that most Dolphin fans, Danny, just like you and myself, obviously you're not a Dolphin fan, but you're dealing with the same thing. We're dealing with Hurricane Ian. Thankfully, we're 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 in a part of South Florida where we're not getting the brunt of it. So much prayers and thoughts to those. A big chunk of us are getting hit from it on the West coast of Florida. So thoughts and prayers for them. But for the most part, sir, how, how is the hurricane treating you and how are you doing today? Well, my gazebo is gone and my fence is down in the backyard. But other than sure. that, nothing too crazy. I thought there would be a lot more rain, just a little wind here and there. So we're good. We're good. We're hanging in. We're hanging in there. Well, that is great to hear. And, this is a. It's going to be a fun episode. I th- listen. You have no idea. Of what course, it's fun. I, I don't think you have any idea what it's in store for you today. As far as things we're going to talk about, obviously we're going to talk about the, the the Bills game. We're obviously going to talk about that. We're obviously going to talk about the Bengals today on this show. But it's going to be fun because you have no idea what the topics are today, and I'm just going to hit you with them. So oh, I, I'm looking for, I'm looking forward to this. And genuine I think, reactions. And I think for the most part, we're, we're going to set this up. For the most part. Danny and myself, when we're on each other's show, while he does a Jets show, while I do the Dolphins show, we tend to stick a lot right down the middle. We're we're vi- as impartial as they come. But for some reason, I think Danny's going to get disrespectful today. But <laughs> but I am not, look, before we get started, I anything I say is impartial. It's not because it's the Dolphins. It's just what I believe. I am not purposely going out to to bash on dolphins and who said i was even gonna who said i had absolutely anything negative to say to begin with listen i'm just saying for some reason something like knowing you Uh, 20 plus years something in the back of my mind i feel like you're you're gonna be somewhat disrespectful today the how dare you meme would be perfect for this episode but we're not gonna touch on that but danny let's get it started are you ready let's go all right so this week and here's the ticker at the very bottom of the screen we're going to review the Suns' victory over the Bills because apparently <laughs> apparently, the Dolphins didn't beat the Bills this week. If you hear Bills Mafia Twitter, they lost to the Sun. They didn't lose to the Miami Dolphins to the this Suns. week. To the Suns. They lost to the Sun this past week at Hard Rock Stadium, and that's where I want to, I want to get started off. But for the most part, I don't want to give you my insight because here's what I want to do. I want to give you the majority of the time on the clock. I want you to spend the more time of possession on this topic. Because for some reason, I feel like me with five minutes, I'm still going to win. So, no pun intended at all, Bills Mafia. But, Danny, tell me your your initial feelings about this past Sunday and what you took away from it. <clears throat> well, let, let, let's start with the sun thing. Yeah. I, I, I get both sides because I get why the Bills – I don't think they were complaining so much about the sun. I think they were complaining and not complain. I don't even think complaining is the word. I got receipts. The, no pun intended. The Bills players were dropping like flies. I don't think I've ever seen the players, as many as there were, just dropping to the ground. But you know what? That was more on them 
for having taken so long to get God down the goddamn field. It was a 20-play drive. You know how you say you don't want your defense out there too long? They had their offense out there way too long. Like, it was just dinking, dunking all the way down the field. It's on them. They, they were gassed. Um, but, I mean, it, that's the home field advantage that you guys have. You guys lucked out that you had two divisional home games to start off in September. Good point. Because, I mean, one way or another, it is a home field advantage, especially for those teams that are up north. They're not used to play, playing in this heat. So I get why the Bills were pointing Bitten. that as an excuse. As an excuse. Yeah. But you can't blame the Sun. Like, it's just a home field advantage. It's like if you guys go play in Buffalo in January and it's a snowstorm. I promise you Tyree Kill isn't used to playing in the snow. That would be their home field advantage. There's always a home field advantage in some way. So that was a home field advantage. I I think it's overblown. I, I think it's just you guys can't handle the heat. No pun intended. So going back to touching on one of those points real quick, Tyreek Hill not being used to the snow. I'm sure he's got some so in Kansas City because it gets really cold there and it does get – but I understand what you're trying to say because oh, for the South most Florida part – isn't he? Yeah, for the most part, when we travel to New England, when we travel to um, to Buffalo, New York, at the end of the season, like you have some horrible win- wins at Jet Life Stadium. I'm dropping that one in there for you. Um, and you go to Buffalo and you go to – you never hear us – crying for the next 72 hours about, oh, my God, the Dolphins had to play in snow. But first of all, they came down here. They took over the elbow room. They were uploading videos all week about, oh, my God, we're going to take over Hard Rock Stadium. You didn't take over shit. You fans were dying in the stadium. The players were dying on the field. And guess what? You couldn't handle it. It was just all talk at the end of the day. I'm not going to get too riled up about that. Let's talk about the game. The big proponent that people bring up is, oh, the Dolphins didn't beat us. We beat ourselves. You know what, Danny? I'm going to give them the credit. No, you don't even have to think about it too much. They did beat themselves. But let's talk about how they beat themselves, right? Yeah, they they were on the field for 40 minutes. We were on the field for a whole 19 minutes of that game offensively. Mm-hmm. You would assume with that time of possession, you should win the game, right? You would, yes. Last week, you and I talked about the defense not looking good with our boy Phil, with our boy Phil Bill or Phil the Bill the Lip. Um, that you didn't think the defense was going to stack up. Danny, you can talk about my defense all you want, but this was the epitome of bending but not breaking. We won this game because of our Dolphins' defense. You have to give them credit where credit's due. No, I, I'll give all the credit in the world to the Dolphins, and not just for playing good defense, but for adjusting because they were going all-out blitzes on the Bills on the first three drives. Even when it wasn't working. And, and the Bills were eating you guys up, just going down the field, scored. I mean, Javon Holland luckily had that forced fumble in the second drive, but then the third drive came right down the field again, and they adjusted. They're like, all right, let's scale it back a little bit. And then it was bend but don't break. Everything in front of you, and that's why they had that 20-play drive. So I give the Dolphins a bunch of credit, not just for bringing the house and also for keeping the Bills at bay, but also for adjusting. Not even they didn't even wait till halftime. After that that third drive where they scored and went up fourteen to seven, I think it was at the time. Like at that point, they adjusted, and that made a world of difference. Yep, and, and I agree with you one hundred percent. But that was the big proponent for me, right? I said if there was a time to beat the Buffalo Bills, I felt that it was going to be th- this week. Was it going to be in this fashion? I kind of thought so. I said I think the defense 
has seen enough of Josh Allen and this Buffalo Bills team with Stephon Diggs. Dude, McKenzie out of the backfield was chewing us the fuck up, man. Yep. Take that out. But he was chewing us the hell up, and I'm like, I get it because we're putting so much attention on Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Somebody has to get open, right? So why not him? So, again, no fear there. I love the way you brought up about adjustment. I think Josh Boyer, he got a lot of crap last year because a lot of people were like, oh, Brian Flores started calling the defense in the second half of the – the guy's doing a great job calling plays. Listen, at the end of the day, people could talk about scheming and strategy. Maybe you're – what if he's calling the right place but the players aren't executing it correctly? Like, you have to take you that can, into you, account. You say that about just about any, cow, any coach and any team, though, right? Yeah, and that's kind of my point. I feel like it's too it's too easy to be like, this is all on Josh Boyer. At the end of the day, the, the, when you call those plays, your players got to execute as well. Let me stay on the defense for a second. One of the guys that we talked about coming into the season, and kind of like how we talked about the Jets a little bit, was we feel like the offense is going to be much more improved, right? Mm -hmm. But the defense should be much, much more improved from what they were last year. There's people yes. like Jalen Phillips and Emmanuel Ogba, and I don't feel like calling them out, and I don't think I should call them out because at the end of the day, if you watch the game, them boys were trying their hearts out to get to Josh Allen. But at the end of the day, Josh Allen's that man. He did what he had to do, and he had a great game. But mm -hmm. for the most part, Danny, are you kind of surprised of the lack of production so far from Jalen Phillips, Emmanuel Ogba, Andrew Van Ginkle coming off the edge as well? You you have to take into account their opponents for the last two weeks. Like it's it's not easy to get Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen down. I mean, they are probably the best two, the two best scramblers in the league. They will yep. get out of the pocket and they'll produce with their legs. So I wouldn't take stats into account. Like you said, the eye test. You saw that they were busting their ass and they were getting close. They may not get there, but who does get there against Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson? Facts. So I, I wouldn't take that into account. I mean, now against somebody against like Joe Burrow, and we'll get into that later, but against somebody like Joe Burrow and the, the Bengals offense, if they don't produce this week, then that's a different story. Right. But up we until have now, conversation. Yeah. But, but up until now, I wouldn't look so much at stats as, as much as the eye test because when you can't expect to get a lot of sacks when you, or, or even hits on Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. I feel you, and that, that's a great point. So we talked about the defense, and let me tell you, Josh Allen did have a good game, but do you see how many potential – interceptions there were there there was even a potential for two pick sixes during this game one by Xavier I think there were both by Xavier Howard if I'm not mistaken he dropped one on the left side of the field and then the one that he tried to throw out to Stephon Diggs right before the halftime when they tried to do the fake spike but there was opportunities on defense for sure but on both sides though because not to jump ahead in the game too much yeah. but after that that 20 play drive where they couldn't get in the end zone the very next possession for the Dolphins, Milano almost had a pick six and he dropped it. It went right off the chest. Yep. And 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 the game would have completely changed if he gets that pick six. So, I mean, this was not the cleanest of games, I would say, for Josh Allen or, or Tua because they did have their their chances Potential of disaster. Yeah. Right. So but Tua well, did. I mean, we'll get into that now. Yeah, let's let's talk about that offense. You the final if you just look at the final stats, right? 13 of 18, 186, and a touchdown. But that's not what I want to look at. I want to talk about a third and 22. Do you know what third and 22 I'm talking about, sir? That is the play where I think anybody that had any doubt about Tua Takavailoa's arm and his capability to make the big play, I think that that's the play that you are now going to look at and be like, that was the play that shut everybody up. 
Because third and 22, a regular quarterback doesn't convert that. A regular quarterback doesn't have the confidence of the coach to get that play called for him. And he had it. He made it. He he put it on the money in stride because I'm telling you, my thing with two is he gets the ball down there, but he doesn't necessarily hit the players in stride. Last week, Tyreek Hill, the, the play right before the end zone, Tyreek Hill had to slow up a step or two to catch that. This week, that third and 22, he hit Waddle in stride. That was a beautiful ball. And I, I think I, that's going to be the play that everybody looks at. And it's like, that was the turning point. That's when everybody stopped doubting his skill. And now they're just going to question his uh, consistency, I think is what yeah. people are going to start questioning. Because the skill is there. Nobody can doubt it anymore. And, and let, let's talk about that for a second. Because it wasn't just that third and 22. He also faced another third down that same series. And he was able to look off a linebacker and then throw it right over to Jalen Waddle. And he turned on the, right on side. the dime. Yep, he mm-hmm. turned on the dime, got a field, and got us another first down. So, yeah. again, you want to talk about consistency. Outside of those two interceptions against um, Baltimore, I would say the guy's playing pretty consistent. Now, the touchdowns definitely came against Baltimore. He only had one touchdown in this one. But let me talk about that. Let me, <laughs> let me talk about my boy Craycraft for a quick. Sure, he's been called off. He's been called up from the practice squad twice now, and both times he's produced. Now, touchdown, right? and, and, again, I think we have talent wide receiver. That's like – Besides the point, like we know we have talent. That that's a dead topic. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, but you have this guy Craycraft. You're like, he's been in the league for like six, seven seasons. So it's like he's been around. You figure like he he, he might have been a New England Patriot at some time. I don't know. But both times that he's come in, he's been called up. He's produced touchdowns in both games. Let's talk about that dime. When you want to talk about sneaking a ball into a that- window. That laser? That's exactly what Tua Tungavailoa did exactly on that dime. One of the things, and, I, and I'm not comparing. I am not comparing. But one of the things I used to love about Dan Marino is was how quick his release was. And when you thought something wasn't open, he showed you he could sneak it in there. And when I looked at that dime with the force it was thrown in there and the accuracy, dude, I tweeted about it right away. That was a dart and a dime at the same mm-hmm. time. It was. It, it, it's kind of like what I expect to see out of a, a quarterback that does have his arm always touted about. Like, for example, Zach Wilson. That's something I would expect from Zach Wilson because everybody's like, oh, his arm strength, his arm strength. Tua, no arm strength. Tua's proven everybody wrong. Tua can do it. Again, everybody's going to start questioning his consistency, but he's showing that he can do it now. Can he do it consistently? Again, that's what everybody's going to say now. All right, now let's see it on a consistent basis. But it's only been three games. He could only play the amount of snaps that he gets. He's going to have to keep proving it, and tomorrow night's another chance. But he's showing that the skill is there. Okay. So I want to move on to this, and this next subject is going to be take a listen to this. I got two videos for you, and I just want, right. you to, I want you to soak them in, soak in both videos, and then we'll dissect them a little bit, all right? All right, go for it. Here's the first one. The Bills dismantled the the reigning Super Bowl champs week Mm -hmm. one. They went out and they dominated AFC's number one seed in the Tennessee Titans in week two. And then they showed up, yes, a little banged up, but they got beat by the Dolphins. So to me, yes, right now, today, everyone can be upset about it. But the Miami Dolphins... He basically goes on to say, right now, today, the Miami Dolphins are the best team in the NFL. Now, granted, I don't want your input yet. I want you to listen to this one. 
This is a really good not, team nobody's to talk about. Over that. The question coming in this season wasn't, are they a really good team? The questions were about Tua. So we're trying to answer those questions. He's the franchise quarterback. And the point is, name a great quarterback who's not on a good team. No, like that's, no. You're saying it as if Josh Allen's team's not good, as if Mahomes' team is not good, as, as if James Brady's team's team is not good, good, as if Hurts' team is not good. All these quarterbacks. The Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, they're pretty good too. I, no, I, I saw them up close and personal. They got some problems, <laughs> but they get masked by Lamar. Listen. I, I, I want to I want to take it I want to take it and this is what I want to title it stop the disrespect and here's my point of view after watching these two videos and then I'll get to you what else does the Miami Dolphins need to do like I feel like you can make every excuse in the world on why a team is not good enough to be ranked where they're ranked I feel like that applies to, mo you could. to most teams I agree I agree but the disrespect that's coming off of that get up crew what what RG was saying, he's like, I'm not saying in two weeks. I'm not saying at the end of the season. I'm not talking about Super Bowl champs. I'm saying if you're asking me who the best team in the NFL is right now, based on the opponents that you guys assume that they would go one and four against to start the season, they're three and zero right now. That was his point. Moving on to Chris Kenty, let me tell you, Chris Kenty is the biggest clown in the world. He was hammered by Dominique Foxworth and Kmart on that desk today. Because she basically said, what else do you want Tua to do? You said he can't throw deep. He's throwing deep. You said he can't win the big game. He won the big game. You're saying that he can't put the team on his back and get you a dub. That's exactly what he did. What else do you want? And at the end of the day, people are like, oh, the Bills came in banged up. Yes, they did. Plenty on the defensive side. But Danny, correct me if I'm wrong. We didn't win this game on the defensive side, on the offensive side of the ball. We won this game on the defensive side of the ball where they didn't have, I don't know, they still had all their playmakers. Correct me if I'm wrong. Give me yep, your opinion Dave, on this. Dave Davis played and all that. Now, before I answer, I, I'm not sure what you're asking me. Are you asking me about their criticism of Tua or of the Miami Dolphins in general? Both. Because those want, are two I, different questions. Correct. I want your opinion on both. And then, obviously, you know, the injuries did plague them, but we didn't yes. beat okay. them so, with so our offensive okay. firepower. Let's start with Tua. Tua, I, I think I already addressed this. I, yeah. I think the issue is that the doubts were so large in everybody's mind. It's that people are having a hard time accepting that they were wrong about his skill. So like they're that. like, okay, so let's see him do it consistently. You know, everybody's like hesitant to kind of be like, okay, I was wrong. And they're seeing it week by week. Now, it is a couple big plays, obviously. And I, we, we admitted and we both said that the Ravens were just not respecting his deep ball. Correct. So yep. those are – Open passes. This one last Sunday against the I'm the blank, Bills. The Bills, not as open, right? Third and twenty-two, but the secondary was injured, right? Those are all backups. So Correct. again, it kind of gives people an excuse to be like, okay, he's doing it, but but gotcha. let me keep seeing it. So I get the whole back and forth. I feel like it should more. They should really reel it back now because I, I feel like he showed that he could do it. Like who's still saying that he can't throw deep? Have you heard anybody say that anymore? There, I think he showed people, it now for three games that he can. Right. I agree with you, but there's people there again, the so-called experts of this world. They're saying that because he did it up against a banged up secondary, because it was like Jeff Saturday was crushing I, him. I, okay, I uh, real quick to, not to cut you off, but real yeah, quick, yeah. you're saying that it's because the secondary was banged up. But that wasn't the argument. The argument wasn't can you make the throw in in tight spaces? The argument was can you get the ball down there? And he yep. showed he can get yep. the ball down there. Ooh. He's done it for three weeks in a row. Like, there's no arguing that anymore. Like, you know, he can get it down there. 
Now, I'm not sure why everybody was making a big deal about, oh, if you flip it and now it looks like he's throwing right-handed and now it looks better. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) He could get the ball down there, whether it's left-handed, right-handed, or if he's kicking it, he's getting it down there. So it doesn't matter. So just stop with that. Okay? Now Now, move on to the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins. We... Going into week one, we said the Patriots were going to be ass. Yes. We we both predicted that the Dolphins should win, and I was actually disappointed that they only put up 10 offensive points because I think Correct. the Patriots are horrible. Yes. The Ravens, for the first three quarters, the Dolphins looked like shit. Okay? But then they had that fourth quarter, so I still had my doubts. Yep. Then the Bills come into town. I didn't think you guys would beat the Bills because the yep. Bills, in my opinion, are the best team. They're still the best team in the league, in my opinion. I picked, I picked them to win, just saying. Okay, so once I heard that the four starters in their defense, the four defensive backs, the two cornerbacks and the two safeties were injured, I was like, okay, maybe the Dolphins have a chance here. Okay. But the Dolphins won that game on defense. Mm -hmm. If Javon Holland doesn't force that fumble in that second drive, I think the Bills come march down the field, go up 14-0, and it's a completely different game. Okay. But he forced that fumble. Yes, he did. The defense... Got you guys, what was it, like the 6-yard line? No, the 13-yard line. Yep. We got you on the 13-yard line. You guys got in the end zone, 7-7. Seven, seven, it's a ball game. Yep. I felt like the defense really stepped up, whether it be zero blitz or bend Playing but don't zone. break. Right, it, right. It, they, they did a little bit of everything. Now, I will tell you that I feel like the Bills, you know how they said that the Bills fans are saying they beat themselves? Yes. They, they fucked up quite a bit. They did before not- the first before the half was over. I mean, I, we saw afterwards that it wasn't intentional, but at first it looked like Josh Allen trying to do a fake spike. Yes, he did, and he almost that, got that, kicked to the house. Yeah, that would have been crazy. So that would have been an extra field goal. Then but he I, had. I think- when, when does Josh Allen bounce a pass that's like five yards out? I've never seen that again. The Dolphins won. I know. I understand, but that's a play that he usually makes. And then the last play of the game, this guy, instead of running out of bounds, for some reason he decides to cut it up field when the clock's running out. You run it out of bounds and you you hope for a field. Like, I, I understand that the Dolphins won. But I also understand why the Bills fans are saying, again, I'm neutral. I hate both of you guys. I hate the Bills yes. and I hate the Dolphins. Fuck <laughs> both of you. But I'm saying I understand why the Bills fans are saying that the Bills beat themselves. Because, I mean, I felt like they dominated time of possession. They, they left points on the on, – Brutal, boneheaded, mental mistakes. Yep. And they had the whole secondary like banged up. So I I get it why the Bills can almost say that and feel good about themselves. Listen, I, I think won. that I think those are fair points you're bringing up. But again, you can make excuses for almost anybody in the NFL on why they should have, could have, would have won the game. What yeah, I'm saying course. is that the opponents that they've put in front of us, we as a unit, we've beaten them. Like, mm-hmm. stop disrespecting us because the teams that you picked to beat us aren't doing their job. Leading into that. No, but wait. Before you – before you, you don't think that some – like, for example, that's, that's I'm switching sports just randomly. This popped in my head. Okay. The Toronto Raptors, the 2019 champs. Okay. They'll tell you we were the champs in 2019. You can't say shit about it. And you can't say anything about it because they got nope. the hardware. Yep. But, like, if you really think about it, come on. We know why you won. I don't. Kevin Durant went down. The better team won. The the better team won. But you get what I'm saying. 
I you do get, get so, and, I, so and I won't give I, in. You, I understand. you could only you could only beat the people that you that, that in front of you. I get it, but I mean, there's context to everything, and I do think that you guys had like the perfect storm so or, far this even, season. Is not, that not what you're saying? Season. No, okay, no, because you should have beat the Patriots. The Ravens shit the bed, but that's their fault. You guys took advantage. The Bills game, though, man, for them to dominate the ball the way they did, for them to have 10 play drives, 20 play drives, 15 play drives, and still lose, like, oof. You're not taking this spot from my face. Defense wins championships, and that's what the defense did this past Sunday. You're right. You're right. And listen, let's get into the Amazon Prime game of the week, sir. We got the Finns. At the Bengals, they're gonna be wearing some. They're gonna be wearing some nice unis. I don't know if you saw. They're gonna be wearing the white on black. It, it looks kind of. It looks kind of wrong. Sexy. I wish. Sexy. I wish the Dolphins would be showing up with their throwback uniforms, but we won't oh, be wearing our throwback no? uniforms. That would be sick not. too. You guys but, have top three greatest throwback jerseys of all time. That I, teal from the mid '80s. Oof, that shit's sexy. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think mm-hmm. that that's exactly what it is, but. One of the things when I was I was looking at this week's game was I said what where the loss was gonna be. I thought we'd start the season three and one. Long behold, the one that I thought was gonna be our loss was gonna be the Buffalo Bills, but it didn't it didn't end up being that way. It ended up being that we got the dub against the Buffalo Bills. But you know what, Danny? There's always again the disrespect continues. And and this week's disrespect is coming straight from ESPN, where they have the Cincinnati Bengals a 75% favorite, but only a four-point underdog are are the Dolphins coming into Cincinnati. Now, let's discuss this game a little bit. Um, The first topic I want to get into is our strength versus their weaknesses, right? And I think that we do a good job of saying, all right, when when we're going to look at games is, all right, what are we stronger at? What are we weaker at? And how how is that going to play off each other? When it comes to offensive line, I think that our offensive line, if you watch that game, it was pretty banged up. That right side, it kept getting swapped out. Greg Little went down. I, I think it was a jam finger. Then they put um, somebody else in. Then Robert Hunt had to move to right tackle. And then they put somebody else at right guard. Robert Jones played right. For the most part, Tua hasn't been touched. Do you have, a, do you have a, uh, an update on Greg Little? Greg Little is questionable for this game, but I think he's going to play. Again, it was all his hand. You can literally see them on the sideline trying to pop his finger back into place. I think that's what basically happened. Mm-hmm. But again, our strength right now, go, go figure, uh, four weeks in, is our O-line's looking pretty damn good. Now, we mm-hmm. haven't been able to get a lot of production out of the running game. You know, I'll get your thoughts on that in a second. But Tua's playing consistently good football. Um. The Bengals have this guy by the name of Eli Apple. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of him. He's not a very good corner. And um, we still have Tua. We still have Jalen Waddle. We still have Trent Sherfield. We still have Mike Gesicki, the third best tight end in the league. And um, we have this guy, <laughs> River Craycraft, about to you know burn up as the best white receiver in the NFL outside of Cooper Cup. So when I look at this game, and we're not picking it yet, but I'm just saying from a, from a strength versus weakness, Danny, mm-hmm. our defensive line versus our offensive line, we should be eating this week. And then our wide receivers against their DBs, they should be eating this week. So what is everyone else looking at that I'm obviously missing? Well, as far as their cornerbacks, I know Eli Apple is is okay, I guess. Yeah. But they, the, the cornerback on the other side of him, I forgot how to pronounce his name. It's like a woozy or woozy or something. That Some kid, that, he's, he's a baller. Um, they, they, the Bengals have a solid defense. 
And you guys are not going to be able to run against them. But then again, you guys haven't really been running, period, this year. So it's all going to be on Tua. Now, the, the Bengals also have a pretty good pass rush. Um, so it really depends on how healthy you guys go into the offensive uh, into the game with, as far as your offensive line goes. Yeah. Uh, I, I've, like you said, Greg Little's probably questionable, but probably play. I think that it's, it's, it's a detriment to you guys that it's a short week for this game. Because if you're banged it? up on the O-line. Yeah, because... Going look, going on the road on a short week, I feel like it's always a big time advantage for the home team. Well, here's where I, I want, where I really want that two cents. Is it a short week for our offensive unit? Is what I'm asking. We only spend because they're only played for twenty minutes. We only play for twenty minutes on Sunday. So if you want to talk about fresh legs, yeah, they might be a little heat exhausted there for a little bit from playing those whole twenty minutes. But for the most part. I would fear more exhaustion coming from our defense, the defense side of the ball. Yeah, mm-hmm. but from an offense, they, you guys, you guys only spent 19 minutes on the field. If there was a time where now you have to carry your defense to a win, I think it's this week. But yeah, again, give me your two cents about how you feel about our defensive line going up against their O line. I think that's another point of succession right there. Well, obviously, the Bengals just played the Jets, right? I'm a Jets yeah. fan, so I watched that game closely. And what the Bengals are doing is that. At least, at least against the Jets. I don't know what they did the first two, two weeks of the year. Um, they were getting the ball out quick. They had them rolling out of the pocket. They even tried to flea flicker. Like, they're, they're going to try to throw you guys off, especially since you guys are so aggressive with the blitz. Expect a lot of screen passes, a lot of quick uh, uh, quick outs. You're going to have a lot of slant plays. Like And like I said before, well, during the Jets episode, the Bengals aren't idiots. Like They just went to the, to the Super Bowl. They yeah. have good coaching. Yep, they I'm understand. not disrespecting them at all. Right, yeah. So they understand if our offensive line is a weakness, we have to work around it. And they'll figure out how to work around it. And they did that last week. Quick passes, getting Joe Burrow on the run. The Jets were getting pressure, but they couldn't get to him. Because even though Joe Burrow isn't the fastest guy, he's elusive. He can get out of the pocket. Two of those touchdowns that he scored were on the run. So I guess that, that you guys are probably better defensively than the Jets. But I don't think that you guys should go out there and be like, oh, we're going to sack this guy 20 times this game. Like, it's not going to happen. Like, you guys might get a solid three, four sacks. But I'm telling you, they're going to come out with a game plan to counter your aggressiveness. I I think what I see potentially happening is something that happened. I think if Joe Burrow's watching last week's game, he's like, all right, what succeeded for Josh Allen? I'm not as athletic as Josh Allen is, but I have a pretty good arm. And I think what he may be seeing is, yeah, when they start bringing that zero blitz, I'm going to have to start looking for my running backs real quick. So it could be a potential big game for Joe Mixon coming out of that backfield, catching balls out of the backfield the way it was for, for McKenzie coming out of the backfield. But again, I, I and, and you touched on it. I think we do have a stronger defense than what you guys showed them last week. Um, I think that the reason I brought up Jalen Phillips and, and um, Emmanuel Ogba is it's the eye test. I saw these guys busting their ass all games for 40, let's just round it up. For 41 minutes that they were on the field, they were getting after Josh Allen. Obviously, they couldn't touch a guy. But I also think got it tomorrow. I, I think the Bills O-line is better than the Bengals O-line, obviously, from what we've seen this season and last season. I think we're going to eat defensively on, on for, for the front seven. The corners. Let's talk about the corners real quick. A lot, a lot was said from uh, Xavier Howard. You know, I love that guy, and I still love him. You know, I think he did a great job on Stephon Diggs. I even love the feistiness that he was going at Stephon Diggs with, throwing him to the but ground. Xavier Howard has been kind of weird this year because, one, I don't think he's played as good as he's played in previous years. Yep. And he had a, a what was it, a, a personal foul. I, I forgot what it was that he did. 
but it was a boneheaded play. Like he just gave away 15 yards, and I was like, "What's going on with this guy? Is he, I, I, is he frustrated because the year isn't going well? Like, is he getting easily frustrated? Because I feel like he's playing out of his head sometimes. He's I think he, some, some silly mistakes. No, no, I think that's exactly what it is. I think he is playing out of his head, and he needs to go back to what he was doing last season. Play the man in front of you. The your, the opportunities are going to be there because guess what? He hasn't had the interceptions like he has last season, but he's around the ball still as much. Like him dropping interceptions, that doesn't happen. That first one that he dropped against the Bills, that was that was in the breadbasket. That's what he does and takes them back to the house. Like, I've yep. seen him do even more difficult ones. For, so for him to drop those easy ones, I, I think there's a lingering injury. What that is, I don't know. But he's been on the injury report every single game this season so far. He remains on it again. Um, he is questionable. I think he'll play, and I think he'll get a lot of Jamar Chase. So I like what he did against Stephon Diggs. I like the feistiness. I love that he's still playing Xavier Howard Ball. We still I like don't have Cater Kua. Was it Kua? Oh yeah, yeah. Darth. Um. Oh my God, they're calling him Darth. I forgot the name. It's a Star Wars that they gave him. Listen, I don't know, but but let me tell you something. That that kid, that kid. At least to me, I mean, I I, I don't watch the games as as closely as you and other Dolphins fans. But to me, he's playing better than Xavier Howard right now. I think I wouldn't go that far because he hasn't been around the ball as much. But when it comes to tackles. As soon as you catch that ball, oh, he, him, he's, he's not you. that big either. No, but he, but he gets in there. Ass. Yes, yeah. he gets he's in. He's on there. your ass. He's like, I don't care yeah, if you're if you're Dawson I Knox. I don't I care if you're it. Gabriel Davis. If you catch that ball in front of me, I'm not gonna let you get away from me. And he's like a dog. He goes yeah, after man. your ass. I love it. I love when you see those little guys with that Napoleon complex. That I'm gonna go in there anyway. It's, yeah, that, that kid. I like that kid. Well, let's get to it, bro. It's a batter fans prediction time, Danny. And again. I'll pick it. I'll pick first this week. Talked about it. I said best case scenario to start the season officially when we were picking games in the preseason was I see the Dolphins starting three and one. My worst case scenario is going to be two and two. I thought the losses might come from the Bills and the Bengals because I thought the Bengals were going to be playing much better football than what they're currently playing right now. We're four point underdogs on the road short week. I think our offense is well-rested, and I think we're going to put up points offensively. My question mark in my head is on the defense side. These guys played an amazing game. They were out there a long time. Hopefully, they've been letting them get ice baths all week, massage therapists, not the ones that Deshaun Watson used, just regular massage (laughs) therapists. Um, And ultimately, the over-under is also at 47. I think that's, that's, that's a fair because where I was going in my head was I think the Dolphins put up 27 points this game and the Bengals put up 21. So I'm going to go that we're going to go 4-0. I think we go 4-0, start the season. It's something that I personally didn't expect. Like I said, 3-1 and best, 2-2 two and two worst case scenario. But I think that we're fighting on a momentum where we're winning phases on different sides of the ball that it doesn't just have to be offensively or defensively. So for me this week, we do get after Joe Burrow. Our offense puts up more points than they did last week, and we win this game 27-21. Okay. Um, in the last 20 years, the Dolphins have started 3-0 three times. 2002, 2013, 2018. You guys didn't make the playoffs any of those years. With that said, I think this is the trap game. Okay. This is you guys are feeling so high right now from beating the Bills on a short week on the road against – the Bengals, the defending AFC champion, that were in the dumps because they were 0-2 and finally got a kind of easy win against the Jets and are feeling a little better about themselves. Yeah. I think they come out 
and they're like, okay, let's get back to 500. Let's prove who we are in the AFC. I think that they're going to come out with the game plan like they did against the Jets, and they'll do it against the Dolphins to make sure that they protect Joe Burrow a little better. Like you said, your defense is going to be a little tired after that long Sunday that they had. A little gas, right. A little gas. I, and I think that they'll – look, you can't contain Tyreek and Jaden Waddle all game. But if you can keep them to one or two big plays the whole entire game, but you outscore them, you still have a chance. I think the Bengals, I think the Bengals win 28-20. I like that. So so we're kind of in the same scenario as far as what the scores is. Obviously, you're giving the Bengals the ladder. You're thinking they're, they're the ones that are going to put up 28 points on this defense just from, the again, them being a little gas from earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. I, I still feel that even if we do lose this game, I don't think we will. But even if we do, I think we put up more points than that. Just again, I'm thinking that you only spend 19 minutes on the field. Mike McDaniel's going to scheme his ass off to try to put some points on the board this week to kind of alleviate some of the pressure off that defense because what you want to do is, knowing that your defense is gassed, is let's play with the lead. Like, let's not try to come back like we did against the Baltimore Ravens. Let's not try to come back like we did against the Buffalo Thanks Bills. The Bills, yeah. The, the, the benefit to playing with the lead like we did against, against uh, the New England Patriots was we're able to let go of them dogs. We're able to just say, all right, we're going to mat up on the on their, on their wide receivers and just go after Joe Burrow. I think that's the goal. Alleviate the pressure off the defense. Play with the lead, and I think we will. But that's ultimately my two cents. I, I, I like your pick. I'm not completely disrespected by it. And by the way, let's go back to the beginning of the episode. You were right. You absolutely did not have any disrespectful comments about, about my team or the way we won that game. No. The closest I got was to bringing up your the, those three times that you guys went 3-0 before. Yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty. Dis- you know what's funny about that stat line, and we got fifty five seconds. Somebody mentioned on a graph today: teams that start off three and zero have a seventy five percent chance of making the playoffs. Apparently, that does not apply to the Miami Dolphins because anytime we start three and zero, we don't make the playoffs. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, but if you start four and zero, that's a different story. Right, right. That, that's a much different story. Maybe our chances do go up to seventy five percent. There but, you go. Listen, we're 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 on a short week. The game is tomorrow. Obviously, I'll be watching it live. I don't know what you'll be doing, um, but I, I look forward to another Miami Dolphins dub. Danny, you got anything before we go out? I look forward to breaking it down next Monday. All right, brother. Oh, we got a big guest. We're not going to talk about yes, it. Yes, sir. But no pun intended. We got a big guest next week. Listen, no I, am, I am the bearded fanatic. He is the battered Jet fan himself, Danny G, and you just listened to the Battered Fins Fans Podcast. <laughs>